Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and today we are talking about upping your hope, joy, and expectations, and from that, your behavior and actions. Well, how? By increasing your gratitude, nothing has to change other than your awareness of what is happening right in front of your eyes, what has happened to you, and giving it the value it deserves. We're going to listen to a two-minute clip from the legend himself, Zig Ziglar. The message was from a presentation he called the Oh Gosh Attitude. From that clip, I ask people at my Agent K. Miller Facebook page, where you're welcome to join in if you want to be a part of these discussions, but I ask them, what is something you often take for granted that you should, in all truth, be wowed about? I actually made the first comment to kick things off, and we got some really heartfelt comments that will make you think deeply. The vast majority of the comments came under three main focal points. Think you know them? Listen in and you will benefit by hearing them and hearing some talk about that. We did get a couple standalone comments though on topics that were just incredibly profound and made me think as well as Michelle Prince, my co-host for the show. And we talked through these a bit. So I want to give you Zig's clip right after I thank a sponsor that helped bring us today's show. What is this attitude I'm talking about? A number of years ago, as a matter of fact, to be specific, it was on American Airlines flight number 874 on our way to Norfolk, Virginia. Now, this was about, oh, six years ago. I was seated in seat number 2C. I was the first one aboard the aircraft. Behind me, a mother carrying a baby, leading a toddler, and had a little four- or five-year-old girl following her. The mother and the two little ones got in first, and the little girl, when she stepped aboard the aircraft, she turned left and she looked at the cockpit. And there those pilots and co-pilots, you know, with all that beautiful uniform and the flight wheels and all that kind of stuff and probably more electronic gear than she had seen in her lifetime. When she turned around, as you've heard this before, her little eyes were as big as saucers. And she looked, and I don't know why the child did this, but she put her hands down on her knees and looked down that long fuselage and said, Gosh... Gosh, when's the last time you woke up and said, gosh, what a beautiful mate I have. Gosh, what a privilege I have to do what I'm doing. Gosh, how exciting it is to be healthy and have a good mind and an opportunity here to do things that people all over the world simply do not have. The gosh attitude will serve you well, regardless of where you are. All right, Michelle, we're talking about Zig's oh gosh uh, attitude and asking this question, what do people take for granted? Yeah, it was really interesting. Some of the things I think you would, we would expect, and, mm-hmm. uh, but some of them were, were interesting. I would have to say overall, it came down to family. Which, you know, we'll go through. Well, you know, here, right here, uh, Armando says 46 years of marriage and the patience, uh, my wife has. And then, uh, uh, we've got a lot of people who, yeah, tested to their marriage specifically and kids. So I could say family and relationships, but probably marriage and kids. So I thought, gosh, if this is nothing better than to have a sit back 
and think about, my goodness, this, what an oh gosh opportunity I have every single day. It's easy to say, but it's different than to get up and renew our minds every morning and go, okay, let's take that little squabble or that, you know, I didn't have enough time to connect and say, I should be wowed about this. That then shouldn't we change our attitude and thus our behaviors? It's such a great reminder. I mean, I love that you asked this question because I can't think, I, I, speaking for myself only, I mean, there are so many things that, that we do take for granted. And, and, you know, on my list, yeah, marriage and kids and family are right on up there. But even the little things like, you know, having a car to drive or a home, you know, with a roof, which sounds silly in our part of the world, but, you know, there are people in other parts of the world that don't have those luxuries. And it's just such a, a, a great opportunity to just kind of stop and pause and really evaluate, gosh, we are so incredibly blessed. <laughs> and, and, oh gosh, you know, we may be taking it for granted. It is. And we've had, I think it was Greg McEwen, uh, which was an interview we did, I don't know, a month or more ago, maybe it's been two months, I think. And he talked about having a daily gratitude, gratitude journal he did every day for as many years and that it so altered his daily perspective because it made it really hard to get upset about much when he had so much to be grateful for. But again, coming back to that, I think that I'm guilty of this as well. To go, okay, count my blessings. Okay. I know I'm super blessed. I know that I'm, I'm affluent, maybe not even next to my, uh, uh, next to my peers, but even more so globally like that. But it doesn't matter if I don't take that into account every single day. And I think some of the testimonies here their paradigm, uh, well, speaking of paradigm shifts, here's one. Uh, she says, Lisa, Lisa Ann, she says, our health. As a nurse, I see how quickly our health can change and impact uh, us on a daily aspect. It makes you truly appreciate every day that we wake up and can go about our normal routine independently. I like that, that here's somebody that we could all say our health, but here's somebody who sees it acutely as a nurse, mm. and it is more preeminent to her how valuable our health is, how much it does impact us, how we shouldn't take it for granted. And that's not the economy most of us live in. We're going around, maybe we're around healthy people, but to think like that, yeah, maybe be like that. It's, it's almost like the deathbed regret, regrets, you know, it's to have somebody who's in that acute stage, have them testify and to take us to that place. Like we do need to get out of our own heads to really take, uh, give it the gravity that it has, I guess. Right. You know, and this is something that I can, I can totally relate to specifically. You don't really know how good your health is until you don't have it anymore. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I'm certainly, you know, I'm, I'm healthy today, but about a year and a half, about a year ago, year and a half ago, I fell down a flight of stairs and I broke three ribs. I had a torn, a tore calf muscle and I had a blood clot mm -hmm. and it wow. literally put me on my back for weeks on end. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I never really realized how good I had it until it was difficult to breathe or yeah. difficult to sneeze or, you know, move for that matter. And so, you know, sometimes you don't even know how good you have it until it's taken away, but that's the unfortunate part of it. And so I think the purpose of this question is to, to get us to, to start recognizing and realizing how much we do have before yeah. we have that, that period of regret. I absolutely, well, you, you mentioned in that the purpose of this question and 
I mean, I think that we would have, well, what do you think that not to be pessimistic, but we are from a faith-based standpoint, we believe that we are fallen people inherently. And we do, God calls us to renew our minds daily. We have to, to battle that which is out there. And why is it that I tend to get up? I mean, I think I tend to wake up in the morning and I'm I'm generally excited about something, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to something that I'm working on. So I'm grateful for that. But I tend to look at the things that aren't working that I want to address and don't first take into account the things that are and get the peace from that. I think that I miss that. And I don't know if that is just an inherent human quality that we tend to look at what's not working, what we that maybe that sounds better because if we look at what we don't have, that sounds selfish and narcissistic. Okay. But to think about even the things that aren't working as opposed to let me first take into account what is working this, this, uh, Beth here, she submitted, she says, I have everything I need home, clothes, food, legs, sight, loving family, indoor plumbing, et cetera, et cetera. I love that list, including salvation and freedom to do and be anyone I want and do anything I want. Um, you know, to some degree, Maybe it's not being, I think sometimes this perspective of counting your blessings, you you tell me what you think, Michelle, counting your blessings, we hear that and maybe we don't give it the perspective or the weight that it should have because it sounds like because of that, we're supposed to ignore and be Pollyanna about the things that are wrong, uh, which I probably have tended to do to some degree in my life to my own detriment. You know, I think it can become just rhetoric, meaning something that you just kind of say, oh, count your blessings. But truly, it's, it is a, a mindset. I love that you said renewing the mind each day, because no matter who you are and how much you know, uh, you know, how well you know personal development to get your mind out of the negativity, it, it's a daily action. And, and Zig, even Zig, the master mm-hmm. of motivation, the, the man of, with so much positive thoughts, energy, life. But, you know, every single day he woke up just like us with that need to renew. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's when it becomes a conscious decision to count your blessings, I think that's when we really become grateful and appreciative. But when we just kind of say it, like, like you said, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. I have this, that, and the other. But when you really, truly make it a part of your, your, your life, your mind that day, that's when things start to shift and change. And I'm not saying it's easy because every day, I mean, I have to do it myself. You know, we can focus on the negative. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I'm going to keep name dropping our guests though, because so much of what is shared here reminds me that. So Michael Jr., folks, you can go back, find the interview, uh, interview we did with Michael Jr. and his statement that resonated with me, maybe more than anything else he said was that he makes it a habit of when he gets out of bed in the morning, he hits his knees before he hits his feet to give thanks. And he starts Mm -hmm. there. Then he gets up, brushes his teeth, go to the bathroom, get some coffee, and then goes into the rest of his you know morning routine of devotions and 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 renewing his mind. But just that boom, hitting his hitting his uh, knees before his feet, I have not forgotten about. And uh, wow, yeah. talk about putting your mind in the right place instantly. Oh my the goodness, moment you get up. Yeah. It's funny. I've even thought about that. I have a custom made bed that I did of of Aspen's from our property and we made it extra high because my wife wanted to be able to put stuff under it, like tubs and everything. So I think about that in the morning. Man, it's a long drop to hit my knees. (laughs) Again, I appreciate the, the little anchors that stick in our heads, you know? All right. Well, so Gregory here, he says, uh, great, or, or he takes for granted that I won the geopolitical lottery by being born in the land of the free. Our country has its issues for sure, but it's still a 
fantastic society in which to live and thrive. Thank you, Gregory. That is one. Yeah, it is. My gosh, go to look at the headlines every single day. And there's something that we can somewhat viably complain about the state of our culture. And I know I, for one, I'm often frustrated at some of the things of the culture, but oh my gosh, uh, where would we rather be? And talking about having the freedom to pursue a life we want. That's a great one. That's a great one for uh, our culture at large, wouldn't you say? Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. it's it's a reminder. We're so embedded in it that sometimes we, we don't even we don't even see how much we have and how how much we are taking for granted. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's uh, Kevin says uh, time. I take for granted time. Sometimes when I have spare time, I veg out watching TV instead of enjoying time with family or go biking or work on my farm or help out in the community. And I thought that was an interesting perspective of having gratitude of not taking things for granted as a tool for helping us inspire us to go do the things that we would like to do that. Yeah. When we're in that negative mindset and not, and we are taking things for granted, it is easier to coast easier to acquiesce and do the things that, yeah, later on, we're not real thrilled about. I love that he mentioned time because that wasn't the first thing I would have thought of, but you know, a lot of us who, who talk about procrastination or not getting enough done, or, you know, I don't have enough hours in the day. The, the reality is we all have the same amount of time. So his perspective on it is, is that he's not using it to the best of his ability, but, but really that's a positive perspective because he's aware that you have a choice with every moment, every decision, everything you do within a day. And when we take it for granted and, and let that time just be wasted, gosh, what a, what a great reminder. I'm, I'm so glad that, that, that he uh, brought that up. I am too. I am too. It's just a, well, again, that's the point of all these. It makes us think beyond what we would come up with for ourselves. Well, so Abby, she says, I'm grateful for my upbringing. My parents taught me how to work hard, be honest and love Jesus. I hated the strict and conservative. I I, I hated the strict and conservative upbringing, but as a firstborn, I went with it as a full-time business professional, mom and wife. I'm super grateful. Okay, well, Michelle, while you were talking there, you saw me re-screening over here trying to look at my bookcase, which I need to do again. So we did an interview with a uh, rabbi, and I am at a loss for his book. It was the... Dan- oh, was it no, uh, Daniel? not Daniel Lappin. It was Evan Moffick. Oh. Evan Moffick. Uh, oh. Rabbi Evan Moffick. So folks, you can go back and look at that. So again, you know, it's interesting to me as... And I'm sure it is to everybody. When you hear messages, what are the things that stand out to you? Just like me with Michael Jr. and hitting your knees before your feet. So Rabbi uh, Evan Moffick and... He wrote the book, which I'm still not getting in my head. I'll, I'll get it here in a second. But he talked about his number one point for happiness. It was the happiness prayer. That's his book, the happiness prayer. His number one point was to honor those who gave you life. Oh. Notice he didn't say parents because we have some people, you know, who may have had multiple influences in their upbringing and the ones that actually uh, uh, biologically birthed them may not be the ones who really gave them life, but those who were the most influential who gave you life, but to some point, even that biologically honoring those, how important it was and why that was 
that was really new to me in some degrees. I hadn't thought about that. He's saying that this is, and this was passed down from him. It was, you know, 2000 years of wisdom from, uh, you know, the Jewish culture and from these, these, these rabbis, he's bringing us. And number one, as he put for happiness is honoring those who gave you life, which of course, the first thing you think of is okay, well, how about those who had some really bad people as part of those who brought their lives? He said, even there finding peace. And he used the example he started off with of a, group of kids, siblings who hired him to reside over the funeral of their mother, a mother who at their young age had given her life over to meth. They didn't Mm. see her hardly any of their lives. They grew up knowing that if it came down to doing anything for them or being with them, as opposed to getting another hit of her mess, she would choose that and not much to be grateful for. And here he is supposed to reside over this funeral. And he said, what am I going to say? Well, how am I supposed to Pollyanna this thing or or put some positive spin on? And he went and talked to them and found they ministered to him in this aspect. And they said that they were able to go back and look and, and folks get the book. Okay. It's the happiness prayer to do justice to this, because it's something that I has stuck with me. And I've talked with my kids about it, talked with others about it. I've talked with my oldest adopted daughter and the folks who gave her life. There's very little of anything that we can find of good. And there's some significant harm. And yet, trying to embrace this and being able to, especially when you have the most reason not to honor those who gave you life. It was significant because it's part of the story that we tell about ourselves. Yada, yada. Again, go listen to the show. We talk about it or get that book, Evan Moffick, Rabbi Evan Moffick. He was one of the youngest large synagogue leaders in the nation. Really incredible guy. I follow him on Facebook. Oh, so there you go. It was hard to, that was just such an impacting thing to me, Michelle. Uh, Oh my goodness. That, that in and of itself is a whole show topic, right? I mean, that, that whole concept of those who gave you life when you always Mm -hmm. hear, you know, honor your father and mother, but that doesn't necessarily mean the people that gave you life. So, wow. Yeah. What a great reminder. Really significant. You know, and it's just amazing how everything is just a shift in perspective, right? You know, and it's a choice of what to be grateful for and what to acknowledge versus take for granted. And, and it truly is a choice. And when Abby said, you know, her upbringing, that is something I think as adults, maybe we forget how much of an impact that had. But I, I know for me personally, I wouldn't be sitting here talking with you today yeah. had my parents not raised me the way they did. Had they not instilled the values? Had they not introduced me to Zig at 18 years old? I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. So we do need to not take that for granted and honor them in their long life. And Yeah. That's so significant. Good reminder. Well, hey, real quick, I want to just thank some of the sponsors that helped bring our show to us today. Well, here's another one, Jasmine, and she starts off just like Kevin a few times up ahead of us said, time. It's the most important resource you can never get it back. We owe it to ourselves and the rest of the world to use our time effectively so that we are able to birth the seeds of greatness that lie within us and share our gifts with the rest of the world. Well, Michelle, uh, as of this recording, uh, you probably haven't even heard it yet, but when folks hear this, this is show 530 and show 528, we interviewed Rich Roll, uh, one of the top podcasts. Uh, period, a top podcast. He uh, has a book called Finding Ultra, Reinvented His Life. But in there, it was actually in, 
I think it was in the habits show with, that we did with him, which may be show five twenty nine, And he talked about taking a week of his life. So this is a guy, he was a corporate lawyer, had three kids and he decides to become to, to reinvent his life. Cause he was about to kill him. He was about killing himself just, just with bad health and become an ultra endurance athlete. Well, how do you do that amongst all that? And he said he had to get serious with his time. He took a week and he journaled every 15 minute block of his life that week. He said it was unbelievable to look at it and to see where he was wasting time. Mm. I mean, that's, that's, that's extreme, obviously. And some of us might look at that and go, oh my gosh, seriously. But if we look at that and even think about the time we wasted, not to just diss you know, TV and entertainment and rest time. I mean, sometimes that's okay as well, but how much time do we do that? How much time do we, well, when you hear about that, Michelle, when you hear about time wasters, what are the top things that come to mind for you, for yourself, or that you hear from other folks, from your clientele who are wanting to write a book and put their message out there, and yet they don't have enough time? Where do you usually look? <laughs> yeah. Well, first, we have to look at your calendar. You know, it's, it's amazing how we say one thing, but yet our calendar definitely tells us a different story. So what I mean by that is if you say writing a book is the most important thing to you right now, but yet you're not making time for it, then that's yeah. there's a disconnect. If you say your spouse is the most important person in your life, but you never are you know, having a date night or anything like that. So your, your calendar really shows you what your priorities are. And so the whole time thing really boils down to priorities because you know, like I said it earlier, we all have 24 hours. So it's not this magic thing that some people make time and other people, you know, have extra time. It, it's really a shift in what's important. And I love what you just shared about that athlete, because yeah. what was most important was becoming this endurance athlete. So he made an, an effort to manage his time, but we have that same ability with everything. You know, if it's writing a book, if it's building a, a relationship, if it's, you know, starting a ministry, whatever it is, we have the time to do it. Yeah. The, the question is, will we choose it or will we let it be wasted? Yeah. Well, let's hit on that because again, I, I hate it when we discount good messages and just like that, that we're supposed to count our blessings, which means we're not supposed to pay attention to the, to the hard hardships in our life. That's not the point. It's just to, it's to balance and, and to put them in a, in a right perspective so that we can deal with them healthily. And the same thing with time, especially gosh, you know, in the business world and personal development world, we hear about things. I'll, I'll always, uh, not, not to diss him. I think Gary Vaynerchuk is an incredibly bright guy, but you know, he talks about if you're trying to make a business work and you're not willing to work on weekends, you know, there's, there's, you're, 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 he, well, he, he puts that down. You know, I've got a family and I devote specific times to not even in the midst of I'm right now in the midst of a big business thing. And I did take last Saturday and I worked, we'd been out of town for the holidays. I'm going to be out of town this week. And so I took a rare Saturday and I worked. That was not my norm, but to do it once in a while is one thing to, to commit yourself to it. Obviously we can get on the other side and every minute has to be productive. Every minute has to be accounted for and we can get into danger there. So it's not to say that you can't have downtime. We've got just as many people over here for inter folks we're interviewing who say the thing they had to do for their best health was to quit doing that. They needed downtime. They needed, well, the word yes. I like is Sabbath. Um, yes. But, Honestly, that, this is something I get really passionate about because, you know, and I'm not disagreeing with what Gary is saying because, you know, that works for him. Everyone has a different method that's going to work best. For me, that's not it. I mean, yeah. if I don't have balance and if I put all of my effort into my business and I have to forsake my family, what's the point? 
you know? So it's really figuring out what are your priorities and what is, what is so important that you're not willing to forsake it. And is that, is that family? Is it your health? Is it, you know, your finances? Is it your peace of mind? Is it your time with God? And then put a, put a line in the sand and don't cross it. It's all about boundaries. I, yeah. my, many people that have worked with me in coaching know this, that I have a very, very strict rule. I don't work. I do not coach in, on evenings or the weekends because that is my time with my boys and my husband, yeah. period. And if, if that doesn't work for someone that I'm not the right coach for them, because that is, it's just so, so important. So I, I think, you know, there's no right or wrong. It's what's right for you. And you and I share a lot of the similar, you know, values and and priorities, Kevin and family is top of the list, but for others, maybe they don't have that family unit and working on weekends is totally fine. Just get the clarity on your priorities and then make your plan. Yes. Yes. Well, you, and you spoke to something, I think just the intentionality of, allotting that time. I think sometimes I've heard people go here when they hear even a guest of ours who say, I schedule my family time. I put it on my calendar and they, they diss that a little bit. So gosh, that sounds like it's just a part of business, but I know it's intentional. It's intentional time. And I so often have great intents, especially for my family, especially for my kids that I want to do this weekend. I want to do X and X. I want to talk to them about whatever. I don't put it down. I don't make it intentional. And it doesn't happen for me. I, uh, I am hugely indebted to the guy who invented the sticky note because, uh, (laughs) Uh, I use the, yeah, exactly. I stick them in the, we have a little, we have a big kitchen and we have a window in the kitchen that goes into the mud room, which is where we generally go out to the cars. And I put sticky notes there and those are are a bigger benefit to my family than probably anything else that I have. Uh, because they remind me, so whatever work, what you said, Michelle, whatever works for you, but it still is under that. Just be intentional. However you want to be intentional, but be intentional. Yeah. (laughs) Love that. I do too. Um, you know, I'm not even going to read the ones I, folks. You, if you want to look at this, you can go to my, my Facebook page, agent K Miller, uh, in Facebook and look at this. There are so many that say health. So if we're going to sum these up so far, we have family, uh, you'd say relationships and not everybody has family, but you know, close relationships, close relationships, health and time. There are so many in here. There's a lot of them where people just said health, period, health, 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 health. And then they'll, you know, name some specific people, uh, things like maladies that they've had and whatever, but health. I love that one, Michelle, you know, that I'm heavily invested in the wellness industry. And I will say to that one, I don't want to ever be that guy who says my thing is the most important thing. So to say is health, the most important Well, no, I would just say sequentially, I do think it is because if I don't have my health, I can't do all the things that are, are, it just enables. And so, yeah, looking at that one, the taking for our health for granted, I think that some people don't think that may not think that they take their health for granted, but if they're not taking it, if they're not capturing it and being intentional about it, if you have great health today, awesome. What are you doing to make sure that you have it 10 years from now? Because that's the thing that I see people get waylaid by. And in the medical practice that I am broadcasting from right now that I'm partner in, that's when we get the phone calls from people that are used to a certain quality of life. And now all of a sudden things have spiraled down or they have, uh, you know, snowballed together and this happened, this happened, this is an all sudden boom. Oh my gosh. I can't think like I did. I don't have the energy to take care of my family. I can't, I can't walk without pain. I can't yada, yada. And it comes and grabs mm-hmm. us that that health is something that, yeah, yeah, it really is. I think that's why we had so many testimonies to it here. Yeah. 
So Kevin, I have a thought as we were talking through mm-hmm. this and I was thinking, making my own list of what do I take for granted? And we said, I think we've all said that the, the ones that most of us think of, but one came to mind that I, I wonder if anyone else is thinking the same thing that we take for granted. And that is our thoughts. Oh, goodness. And, and hear me out on yeah. this. I'm, I'm actually going through um, a course right now, Michael Hyatt's uh, best year yet, which I just, best year ever, sorry, uh, which I absolutely love his work. And yeah. Today, we were talking about just, you know, your beliefs and your thoughts and, and such a reminder. I mean, I teach on beliefs as well, but to sit down and really be, again, intentional on what am I really thinking and what am I really, you know, creating in my life? Because everything typically that we create starts with a thought. And I, I wonder if maybe do we take for granted our thoughts and the power we have to think differently and the power we have to to change those beliefs and to you know, from negative to positive. So I, I'll just throw that out to you. Get your thoughts. On I that. love it. And I had not thought of it at all. And yet we so often, how many times on the show do we reiterate that scripture that says, renew your mind daily? And you know, it's interesting as we look at the culture that we are in, we are inundated more than ever with so much information because of this technology age, this information age, and this digital world, we're inundated that we seem to be busier or more scattered than ever. And so we're seeing this phenomenon. I think we all are of information on meditation, which is not something I ever paid much attention to. And a lot of people, when they think of meditation, it's kind of a hoodoo guru, Eastern, you know, whatever. And we have more and more Christians at least saying, look, it's, it's an exercise. It, it has nothing right. to do with, with incense. And well, that was uh Dan Harris who wrote the book one or a uh, 10% happier who we interviewed, <clears throat> probably a year and a half ago. And since then, the last I looked recently, he has his podcast. Well, it's bigger than ours. I'll tell you that it, it, it's, it's eclipsed ours. It's way at the top of the list and it's on meditation. And his thing is to debunk the hoodoo guru-ness of it. I think he actually says it in that, in that frame set. But I hear that with, as we're doing these shows with the guests, Michelle, and, and ask them about their habits. I don't know what the percentage is. I'm going to guess 75% of them. Well, 100% of them have an an intentional morning routine, and I would say 75% of them have mentioned some aspect of meditation, even different than prayer or devotions. It's still a time of emptying their mind and, and kind of listening to themselves, getting those thoughts in. And that is not something that is, is a conscious part of my life. I'm learning from these people, but yeah, to take your, do I take my thoughts for granted? Absolutely. Yeah. Quit stepping on my toes. Right. <laughs> or we don't want to give maybe the credit that so much of the results we have in life is based on the way we're thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but really, if you think of it in a positive way, you want better results, change your thoughts. Thoughts. Okay. I'm adding that one. Uh, I'll, I'll give you credit <laughs> for that one. Thoughts. That's, that's excellent. Well, here's, a, here's another one too, a different one. Cliff writes friends. He says, I think it is family and friends on which our life depends. Actually, he must have, this is a poem. All right, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. I think it is family and friends on which our life depends. We are not alone, but sometimes we are prone to feel we alone set our trends. Interesting. Sounds like the sum of the five people that you hang around with most is who you end up being. Uh, But friends, do I take friends? uh, Do we take friends for granted? Interesting. I mean, we're in, again, we're in a time period where people have more and more 
less intimate friends, a zillion connections, a thousand friends on Facebook. And yet who is there when we really need it? We know we're dealing with that. So for those who do have a friend, yeah, this is probably a time period when we need to be more grateful than ever because fewer and fewer people have that. So, mm-hmm. uh, friends, that's a, that's a significant one. Uh, for what a sure. good reminder and a conviction for me to, you know, be a better friend and, and not take for, cause it is easy to get in the, the thought that I have some best friends for years and years, and we could go months without talking and we would pick up without a beat. And, and, and that's okay for both of us, you know, with the stages of life that we go through, but is that maybe taking them for granted? Maybe, maybe there needs to be a little bit more than just every couple of months. Yeah. So what it, a great reminder for it, me personally. It really is. And on that one, you know, the investment, that's what I, it's like everything, you know, if we're going to have strength in an area, have abundance in an area, it's going to take investment. And that is one as a, as a admitted introvert that I contend to not invest time in there. But when I, in years past, realized the vital, the vital need of it. And, and you know, even to, yeah, look at Zig, you know, and he has, of course, we all know that we walk into the Zig headquarters and we immediately go by the Zig, Zig's wall of fame. And it's the people who invested in him and he also invested in their lives that he gave the ultimate credit after God to getting him where he was. We're not going to have those relationships without investing in them, going after that. And that is, that's difficult. I've seen that in my own life. I've seen that in other people's lives when we're busy and in some degrees, even when we have close, when we have a close spouse, I've seen mm-hmm. that sometimes be a detriment to friends because we think we don't need them. And then I see, and I have, I have admittedly, I'm telling my own story here that there are things in my life that my wife was not created to fill, fulfill relationally. And I had to learn that. That's not my mm-hmm. frame of reference when I got married. Uh, and I had to come to that realization, but now I have to take that time and invest in those friendships. So yeah, great reminder. Wow. Aren't we glad we get to do the show, Kevin, because on a weekly basis, we get to be reminded of all the things that we want to I you know. Know, improve in our own lives and, and make shifts in our mindsets. Absolutely. Well, I so, Hey, I'll, I'll wrap us up with one more that we haven't talked about. And, uh, Logan is the guy who put this in and I'll paraphrase it right now. Cause he wrote a, a long piece here and it was his work for having work that he cared about. Mm-hmm. And I could say, I think we would all say that about work. If we have work that that is, you know, we're gainfully employed, paying our bills. That is great. Even more so if it's something that we actually care about, but how often do we spend time? When's the last time you saw any media content about uh, anything positive regarding work? I, I don't see it. The media attention goes to, you know, the, the Dilbert, the office, the making fun of work and what a place that we shouldn't take right. for granted. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, again, you're, you're doing work, Michelle. I, can you even, well, no, you can recall. I was, I was just going to ask you the question. You do have a time period of your life where you had work. You're grateful for what it provided uh, for you financially and whatnot, but it wasn't fulfilling your heart. You have both now. Um, I've had, and I'm, I'm so grateful for that opportunity to have, to be on both sides. So I had a, I had a great high paying job in, in an industry that I was very well, I was educated in. I knew it very well. I could pretty much do my job with no effort, but I was miserable because mm-hmm. it just wasn't, it wasn't uh, part of my calling. And so I took for granted the fact that I was getting a real, you know, I had this great opportunity and, and yet it, it made me, I wasn't grateful for it. 
However, on the flip of that, because I was unsettled and not happy with it, it made me really search deep of, okay, well then if, if this isn't what it is, then what, what am I here to do? What has God placed in, within me? What gifts do I have and how can I bring them out in, in myself? And that's what led me to start my own business. And, you know, is it as, as safe as, I don't know, sometimes having your own business is harder than working for someone else. And sometimes working for someone else is harder than having your own business. But I'm grateful to, to, to have experienced both sides because now I can focus on what I'm really grateful for. And that's the opportunity to have choices yeah. and to do the things we're called to do. Absolutely. All right. Well, I feel more grateful. I'm going to go forth today saying, oh gosh, or some form of that. <laughs> oh gosh. That's oh, right. I will too. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Well, uh, Michelle, as always, such a gift to do this with you. Thanks, Kevin. Same here. Well, friends, I bet that you, like me, have some new inspirations for things in your life that you can give Zig's oh gosh attitude for. Uh, This is the kind of inspiration and paradigm shift we need every single day, just as we talked about in the show. Again, you can join these conversations and give your own comments to our weekly questions at my Agent K. Miller Facebook page if you'd like. Coming up next in show 531, we bring you... Dave Ramsey, the financial guru himself. Money is a subject that's just paramount in all of our lives, often being a primary dictator, for better or worse, of how we run our lives. So we asked Dave kind of a a 10,000 foot view about the state of money in our culture today and some really big picture questions that matter for all of us. The point is changing our own paradigm and behavior regarding how we live our lives according to money. Well, till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.